0: Hey there InstructureCast fam! Get ready to jump into all things education with us. With a passion for teaching and learning as our compass, we'll embark on a journey filled with engaging conversations, insightful interviews, and a celebration of all the amazing things you bring to our community. Whether you're a seasoned teacher or a fresh-faced administrator, we are here to ignite that spark of inspiration and keep your enthusiasm soaring. So hit that subscribe button, come hang out with us on social, in a totally chill way, we promise, and spread the Ed love with your entire crew. Together, we'll create a symphony of knowledge, sharing our experiences and learning from one another. And make sure to check out the Instructure community as it awaits you with open arms, brimming with more incredible content, valuable advice, and a network of like-minded individuals. Join the adventure and let's groove, learn, and celebrate education like never before, right here on InstructureCast.
1: Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of the Instructure Cast. I am your host, Ryan Lufkin.
2: And I'm Melissa Lobel, your other host.
1: And let's get into this week's very exciting podcast. Uh, Melissa, do you want to introduce our guest?
2: I would love to introduce our guest, and I am super excited, as usual, but in this particular case, very excited because our guest comes from an organization that's very near and dear to my heart, and that I've spent the last six years engaging with as well. But let's let's get to it. So I am so excited to welcome Jeannie Embriale, the Vice President of Operations and Member Relations with One or the organization formerly known as IMS Global. For those of you maybe not familiar with that new name, anyway, Jeannie, it is such an honor to have you here. And um, you know, since the audience may not know you, I'm sure there are some listeners that do you, know you. I was hoping you would share just a little bit about your background and then how you got uh,
3: involved in One Ed Tech. Absolutely. So first of all, Ryan and Melissa, thank you so much for having me here today. I'm really honored to be a part of this opportunity. So I began what I considered to be a very diverse and impactful career in educational technology as a classroom teacher and technology integration specialist. After completing my education in ed tech and organizational leadership, I transitioned out of a school district into higher education, where I became the leader of the research and development team at Johns Hopkins University Center for Technology and Education. While I was in that position where I also served as a full-time faculty member, I developed a passion for adult learning. This shift into adult education allowed me to subsequently take on roles back in the school district as the supervisor and coordinator of professional development with a focus on helping our employees stay in the forefront of educational technology innovation. From there, I was promoted to the director of IT, coming back to my roots and love of educational technology. And my charge was to strategically architect our first digital ecosystem. Under my leadership, my district joined One Ed Tech to build a network of partners in this work. Subsequently, I earned a seat on the One Ed Tech Board of Directors. Which allowed me to influence and collaborate with the broader educational technology community. Now, as the vice president of business operations and member relations at One EdTech, I'm leveraging my experience to increase the organization's success and build meaningful relationships with our members.
2: Jeannie, thank you for that background. I um I got to know you personally on the board. Um I was also a board member when I first met you. And um I love your stories. You always, uh, you're so passionate about education and about educational technology. Maybe just to to help the audience get to know you even a little bit more, um, share like a career highlight or something you're personally proud of and maybe a little bit
3: of what your side hobbies are. Sure. So I'm particularly proud of being able to lead the work and developing the ed tech ecosystem of the 25th largest school district in the United States. Wow. Yeah, this required internal collaboration from all areas of our organization. Instruction, business, technology, logistics, operation, budget, finance, and organizational development, as well as our communications department. And it also required intentional collaboration with all of our ed tech suppliers. Our call to action focused in on equity and access for all of our students, and the outcome has been used as a model for other districts throughout the country. Outside of work, <laughs> um, I love to travel. Spending time with my family is another pastime of particular interest. Travel with family actually works out best and is most convenient for me. And I also um, am a real foodie at heart. So that goes along really well with the travel and experiencing different <laughs> places and different foods as well. Oh, yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. And it goes along with, for those of you, a little inside baseball on WinEd Tech. So the board, it, we we have about a, t- a 24-person board. Um, and we're, we all like to eat well and, uh, Jeannie makes sure that she helps make good recommendations for, for fun places to eat when we all get together. So I can see that foodie in you.
3: That's very important to bring us together and have conversation over a good meal. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: The, the travel with family too. My, my wife and I, you know, did some solo travel and my wife spent most of her time saying, I wish the kids were here. I wish the kids could see this. And so, then we switched over. And now we pretty much only travel as a family, so that's nice. If it's not for work, the kids come along because they, they get the experience too. But your background's amazing. Um and, and I think we can all uh learn something from you. Tell us a little bit for audience members who may not be as familiar with one ed tech or maybe just know LTI and and you know the, the work around the, the LTI apps. Um tell us a little mo- more about one ed tech. And I think sometimes people think it's more on the higher ed side, but it really is both K twelve and higher ed. Um, tell us a little bit more.
3: Sure. Um, so one OneEdTech is a member-driven nonprofit organization whose mission is to power learner potential by fostering the evolution of an open, trusted, and innovative EdTech ecosystem. So let me take a moment and unpack what we mean by an open, trusted, and innovative EdTech ecosystem. So first we define an open ecosystem as one in which all of the systems are connected through the use of open standards. As I move on in the area of trust, trust in an ed tech ecosystem is achieved by the use of not only these open standards, but these standards that are verifiable and products are certified to the use of those standards. Trust also means creating an EdTech ecosystem that is safe, secure, reliable, and accessible by all. And finally, when we talk about in our mission about helping to create or foster an innovative ecosystem, to us that means that we are focused in on lowering the technical barriers of entry into the EdTech ecosystem to support the rapid innovation that is necessary to help further digital learning. Our members of our organizations or our stakeholders in our work, are K-12 districts, state departments of education, higher education institutions, and ed tech solution providers. So to date, we have close to over 1,000 member organizations from within the United States and internationally as our members.
1: Yeah, I think we've got nine hundred uh, something uh, partners that have created LTI apps that allow that seamless integration with Canvas and the other Instructure products. So yeah, that those those standards. I mean, I think that's one of the things. Six years ago, when I came on board with Instructure, the the pillars of uh, simple, engaging, open, and reliable were the were the, the kind of the foundational uh, pillars. And that openness is enabled through being certified with uh, the LTI standard. Uh, and you know all the work OneEd Tech really does that makes that possible. I always call it like Legos, right? As long as you are you build your Legos to the the one at the LTI standard, we can actually integrate pretty seamlessly.
3: Absolutely.
2: And and speaking of that, Ryan, you talked about when you joined Instructure six years ago. I'm working on my uh, tenth year this month Jeez. at Instructure, which is <laughs> wild that that's happened. <laughs> It's crazy, and part of that—a large part of that journey—you um, know—I've been involved in Weta Tech uh, for the last six years. I'm currently the chair of the, the the board of directors, but I know that there's been a lot of questions in the community, or or what's the backstory really behind the the name change? Because when I started, IMS Global was a recognizable name. Yeah within the community doing LTI work. But as you just described, OneTech is so much more than that. So what's the, what's the backstory behind the name switch over this last year?
3: So it was really quite simple. Um, the name uh, was chosen and proposed actually by our members to represent this greater mission to unify the edtech ecosystem. So it really helps to signify our collaborative work to improve teaching and learning through the use of technology. I love that. And there was a lot of,
2: um, like you said, member engagement to, to get to that name, as well as um, work with an outside branding organization to really reflect the vision and, like you said, the mission of One ed Tech. So, so, so cool. So very cool.
1: You use the term ecosystem a lot, and it's something that we use internally as well. Uh, but why is it so vitally important to be a part of an ecosystem or think through the lens of, of an ecosystem? And, and especially, you know, let's talk about K-12 first.
3: K-12 is finding that edtech ecosystems are necessary to create efficiency and ensure equitable access, as well as to create a safe space for teaching and learning to take place. Some of the things on the minds of our K-12 members are, first, the procurement of open, trusted, and innovative edtech products. K-12 dollars are precious and scarce. They cannot afford to purchase products that function in isolation. They cannot afford to purchase products that require time needed to do custom integrations or even pose risks to their students' information. Another thing on the minds of our K-12 members is the deliberate connection between EdTech tools and their connection to teaching and learning standards. This is particularly true in the area uh, of standards-based grading. We're also finding that K-12 is particularly focused in on student data privacy, probably no, to no surprise, mm-hmm. a topic that comes up, I feel like, in every conversation. Yeah. A trusted edtech ecosystem is needed to protect the K-12 organizations with the most valuable asset, which is their student information. K-12 also has a strong need to know about the use of their learning tools and the platform. This information is needed to understand the return on investment on the teaching and learning tools and to better understand the impact on these tools in the teaching and learning process.
1: We've really seen that. A lot of questions around that, you know, post-COVID, adoption of a lot of different tools, really the need to understand what what's being used, what's being effective, and, and really what's what are the trusted uh, tools that, that they wanna continue to use. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, it's so interesting to me to hear representation on the board and in the broader community of members from the K-12 community, then talk about how critical it is to ensure that the technologies that they're purchasing can easily be put into action very quickly and meaningfully in a, as you mentioned, very integrated um, learning environment. Uh, and it's it's exciting to see that work being done so thoughtfully. But it's also, I know, really challenging for the community because they're 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 licensing 90, 100. I know districts yeah. that have 150 tech tools. And so um, this work, everything from uh the work around trust and privacy all the way through to those integration standards, I think are critical. I'm curious um, from your perspective, Jeannie, are the higher education member institutions seem similar needs or are they coming with different needs as you're working with them and they're engaging in one ed tech activities.
3: Sure. And Melissa, if you don't mind, I'm also going to add in, in addition to higher ed, but um, our workforce development. Ooh, yes,
2: please, please.
3: Um, because I want to make sure that we um, share some of their sentiments as well. So, We're hearing um, many of the same thing from our higher ed members, but in addition, we're also hearing from them about their focus on accessibility and security. So in addition to data privacy, there's this focus on accessibility and security. And those are driving factors when it comes to procurement from their standpoints and about the implementation and the decision to bring new uh, ed tech products into their ecosystem. We're also hearing from higher ed and learners, I'm going to switch it around, actually the learners in um, in that particular setting, about the student information needing to be more accessible and portable as yeah. well. Yep. ultimately giving the student more choice and agency. And there are increased conversations uh, around the work in micro-credentials and in the area of comprehensive learner records, as mentioned.
1: That's something I spend a lot of time on with Melissa on that. And i looking, but that, that first day of school, last day of work journey, I think it's something that the one edtech has really been driving the conversation around so it's it's exciting to see how those different elements start fitting together pretty seamlessly.
2: Yeah. I think this is where suppliers comes in as well. So in the One Ed Tech universe, in structure as a supplier, and you know, as you think about the different roles that the members play, you've got K 12 needs, you've got higher education needs, and then you also have supplier needs. And that's where a lot of that work around um credentialing, as you just mentioned, Ryan, um, around that workforce alignment, we're seeing a lot of growth and innovation there. And I think we're also seeing these same needs for you know a really concrete understanding of how to manage privacy how to manage security how to help institutions that are purchasing our technologies better manage the procurement processes of those and mm-hmm. at the end of the day I think we're all looking at that learner and how do we have that impact the learner which I love is because it it, it connects back to the one ed tech mission right powering learner potential um, when we bring it all back to that I think all three segments of the larger one ed tech community are are definitely aligned and looking to to drive that same success. So it's, it's super exciting. Ryan, I'm going to ask you a quick question. What's, um, what's one of your favorite things that you've done with One at Tech or one of your favorite conferences or um, something that you love uh, as part of your day-to-day job that aligns to One at Tech?
1: I've done a lot of work with the, you know, steering committee around credentials uh, with OneEdTech, but the credentials summit that's actually be coming up at the beginning of this year was actually one of the most uh, exciting conferences I think I did last year. There were so many different partners and and institutions that were there, kind of talking about what their offerings were and looking for guidance and providing their own experiences. I I, I love that you asked that because that truly was it stands out from last year and led a lot of the conversations I had I think later in that throughout the year.
2: How about you, Jeannie? Do you have a favorite event or activity or something you look forward to in 2024 with One Ed Tech?
3: Sure. Well, um just recently we've spent some time deliberately reflecting on the past year, but very quickly we have our sights set on 2024. And 2024 is going to certainly be a, a busy and exciting year uh, for us. So we're looking forward to welcoming even more new members into One EdTech uh, in all three of our stakeholder groups in K-12 Higher Ed and new EdTech suppliers that are emerging every single day. So we're looking for them to join together for greater unification of the EdTech ecosystem. And as you mentioned, Melissa, all around the driving force, which is the learner. We are also looking forward to increased use of what we call the OneEdTech Trusted Apps Management System in K-12, which has been very successful in that area, and we are also transitioning and extending that into higher education. Our Trusted Apps Management System is a centralized location that holds the metadata about hundreds, actually thousands of applications to help in this procurement and implementation process. And so it gives information about um, certification, um, about ratings in regards to privacy, security, accessibility, all of which are very important to our OneEdTech members. We're also rolling out, since we were speaking of security and accessibility, we're rolling out our member community-developed accessibility, security, and AI rubrics to help the, the members in the procurement process and to help our supplier members understand the asks of our institutions and their specific needs. Just recently, another thing that we are excited about and we look forward to into 2024 is our launch of what we call the Case Network 2. And Case Network 2 is used to help with the alignment of content and resources to state standards, primarily. And so it's being used right now by state departments of education, district, and ed tech suppliers to make those very intentional connections. We're looking forward to the greater adoption of our standards in regards to open badges and the comprehensive learner record as we were talking about our digital credentials summit and as that is really um, increasing in momentum. We are also expecting increased numbers in certification in our LTI data advantage standard in higher education, because this particular standard combines the power of LTI advantage and caliper analytics to provide essential data about the use of the tool in the teaching and learning setting. Uh, another thing that we're looking forward to is OneRoster 1.0 1. Two and really getting the word out about the bi-directional transfer of data between systems. So data in and out of core systems, such as an SIS or an LMS. So you can see just in that short list, I could go on and on, but we have a lot of work to do. And we also have a lot to look forward to in 2024. I
1: love it. Yeah. And I got to spend some time working on the AI rubric with the committee that was awesome to like actually kind of look at what factors in an app or an AI tool do we need to look at? And, you know, security, privacy, accessibility. Um, but AI brings a whole different data usage conversation there. So that was amazing for our listeners. If they're interested in getting more involved in any of those topics you just discussed, what are some of the ways that, that you know, whether they're on the the vendor side or the um, school side, what are some of the ways that they can get involved?
3: Well, absolutely. So, uh, first of all, we have a lot of information just available on our website, uh, oneedtech.org, about the open standards. So, that when we say open, they are open and accessible to all. So, anyone can take a look at the various different standards that we mentioned today, in addition to our full portfolio of um, standards we also welcome, as I mentioned, and as our member community is increasing for individuals to join One ed tech, we have specific engagement opportunities for our various different segments, higher ed, K-12, and for our educational technology suppliers, as well as we have opportunities to network and collaborate in amongst the entire community. And another thing um, that we mentioned uh, is certification. So if you are an ed tech supplier, not only can you align or take a look or develop in according to the open standards, but you can have your product uh, certified to uh, signal that uh, level of validity and trust in your product, communicate that out to your users or potential users as well. So uh, we also have, I'm just going to put a plug into uh, on our website, we have our events pages because our events, as you mentioned, like the Digital Credentials Summit, our, our signature event, our learning impact event are not just open to our members, but really anyone in the larger ed tech community. So yeah. we invite anyone to join in, get a sense of the other members, get a sense of the work and also join in the collaboration. So cool. We'll make sure to
2: link to all of that in the show notes as well so that you can get reference to this, especially some of the specific standards and upcoming rubrics that you are uh, releasing. One last thing I'll share uh, as I step into my new role as chief academic officer at Instructure, you'll hear a lot more from me as well about some of the opportunities where you can collaborate with us as we collaborate with Tech. So some really good stuff coming and excited to spend more time with such a, a committed community mm-hmm. of educators that again are really driving towards ensuring learner success.
1: A great point, Melissa. And with that, Jeannie, thank you so much for sharing your time. I know you're busy, especially this time of year. There's a lot going on. So we, we appreciate you finding time to chat with us. Uh, and to all of our listeners, thank you again for joining us on this episode of the Instructure cast uh, We always want to hear your stories, whether that's about uh, the instructor products or, you know, these hot topics that we talk about. Or if there's topics that you want us to cover, shoot us an email at InstructureCast at Instructure.com uh, or share your thoughts via our social channels. Thanks again.
0: Thanks, everyone. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of Instructure Cast. We're grateful to have you as part of our vibrant community of teachers, educators, administrators, and education enthusiasts. Don't forget to find us on social media, subscribe to the podcast and share the Ed love with your fellow educators. Together, we'll keep igniting that spark of inspiration, celebrating the art of teaching and embracing the heart and soul of learning. And remember, The Instructure community is the heartbeat of our adventure, where more amazing content, valuable advice, and lively discussions await you with like-minded individuals who share your passion for education. As we wrap up this episode, we hope you're inspired to keep grooving, learning, and making a difference in the lives of your students and peers. We're so excited to hear about your new adventures. Make sure to take us with you.